You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Biggest difference in success is they are actually making more money because they know where the money's coming from and where it's going. Where the money's coming from and where it's going. Each and every one of us is a legend. We have a story to tell, a world to build. And if you're here because you are done just striving to make a dollar because you want to make a difference, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Legend Maker Radio, a Legend Maker Global podcast. Welcome to Legend Maker Radio. I am so honored to have you in these hallowed halls. Can I just do that? Okay, I know that's over the top, but whatever. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. It has been like forever and literally forever because Clarissa and I go way back and this is the first time we've actually sat down face-to-face, one-on-one and had a conversation. So Clarissa, tell the fine folks in the Legend Maker Radio audience who the fuck you are and what the fuck you do and who the fuck you do it for. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we do go way back. Like, I don't even remember when we met, I think like 2015, like online or something like that. Yes, something like that. Um, Okay, so I am an accountant. I have three college degrees in accounting. Two of them are masters in forensic accounting, which is fraud. So I love the research. I love doing all of that stuff. And I also have six years of experience as a government tax auditor which I use to help my clients because I basically do the exact opposite of what I did as an auditor to help my clients stay compliant with the laws and make sure that if they do get audited, they're prepared because that's the easiest thing is just be prepared for an audit, not just wing it and be like, eh, okay, yeah. Because I've done over 150 audits and only two of them were easy because they were prepared. Wow. Only two. Only That's two. That's wild. 150. So, <clears throat> so that makes you kind of a secret weapon in your client's back pockets because you have all the insider intel that you need to be looking for. So welcome, legends, literally. Um, in this way, you become you become a super valuable asset for the businesses um, that you're doing this work for. And I am really impressed because I, I do not do not believe I could sit still to earn three degrees and, and to do this with like, and with these numbers, it's mind blowing for me. I like, I don't even, I can't fathom. I can't, so that probably tells you the state that my books are probably in. Um, so anyway, your clients are very lucky and they're very smart people. And I'm very happy that, uh, that they were wise enough to get you on board. Now, here's one thing. When you do these, uh, or when you were doing these audits, what was the trick or the, the, the tip off that it was going to be like massive problems? The biggest tip off is, and I can even do, I don't even have to be an audit now. Like all I have to do is look at your 
books, like look at your financial statements, and I can usually tell issues right off the bat with looking at just those before I get into any details of going deeper and looking at transaction by transaction. So what, like, what would you tell business owners who are in the, in the different stages? Let's go stage by stage. Mm -hmm. The people who are just starting out don't even really know how to market or what they're doing. They're just kind of, they say, Hey, I can open a business online. I'm going to go do that and make some money. Right? Like that's where they are. What uh, piece of advice do you have for them to help them get their shit together? So it's actually two part because this is something that I recommend to all new business owners. One, get a business bank account and separate all of your business money and your personal money. Do not do anything for your business through your personal account. If you don't have money in your business account and you have to put it in there from your personal, literally transfer it from your personal. Don't pay for your business from your personal account. Gotcha. And the second part is Yes, you still have to do bookkeeping from day one. You can't wait until say, oh, I made money last month. Now I need to do my bookkeeping 12 months into your business. <laughs> because you're missing all of those expenses. Even if you have a loss in your business, you still have to report it because you still have a business. Right, right. And, and that loss actually can work to your benefit um, in the end as well. So, all right, new people, if you're not yet, you're just starting to build your legend, get your books in order first, starting from zero. I like that. Um, and I think that was probably one of the first things I did was start a business bank account and then just have that. My shit's not separate, but you know, we're working on that. Tell me, okay. Tell me about somebody who is in, in the intermediate levels. Like they've been in business two to five years. They are, making some money they're not consistent they still have that blend going on they're still living from that business bank account rather than keeping it fully separate what is what what advice do you have a different advice for them how would they go back separating and, and doing all that they're going about separating it would be literally just start from today get that business bank account and start running everything new through that business bank account you can still do your bookkeeping using your personal bank information, but you have to know which ones are personal, which ones are business. That's why the major thing is have them separated so that you can easily do the bookkeeping and know which transactions are which. And then you can, like, it just makes it easier to have them separated. But okay. start with today with that business bank account and move forward. So even if you've been in business two to five years, get out there and start your, your separate business account. If you already have a business account, but you haven't been conducting it, make today day one, make today your first day and move forward from here. I know that for me, if I had to do that, my mind would be like everywhere. Like I would be like, no, there's no way for me to do this because I can't go backwards. I can't redo. I can't whatever. But if I were, if I had thought at that point, you know, if I were in that thing and I was like, okay, this is day one then there's a little bit less pressure there and then you can get clarissa to clean up the back stuff start from today and then get clarissa to clean up the back stuff before taxes um are due in april but um okay and for what do you see different between businesses that are 
actually doing that, separating and keeping everything, um, whatever, what do you see different in the terms of their levels of success compared to businesses that aren't yet in that mindset of, I need to make this a priority? So the biggest difference in success is they are actually making more money because they know where the money's coming from and where it's going. Because when it's all in your personal account, you have all those personal expenses going out too, as well as your business account, um, business expenses. But then there's also your business money and maybe you even work a full-time job somewhere else. You have that money coming in. So it's all intermingled and you don't know how much success you actually do have in your business because you don't have that separation. So would you go as far as to say someone is actually running just a hobby if they don't have their books as a priority? That is what the IRS sees, yes. Uh-huh. All right, cool. So what... But um not always true because I have done bookkeeping for businesses that run it all through their personal. And yes, I do say, you need to separate this. And we do get on that. But and they are making a decent amount of money in their business. So if you were to get audited, the IRS is going to disallow all of your expenses, except for purchasing of direct, um, say, inventory costs. So if you mm -hmm. run an online business and you're not purchasing like anything directly that you're selling, you lose all of your expenses. So you're taxed on all the money you came in with wow. if the IRS sees you as a hobby. One of the things you taught me the other day, literally the other day, like I wish I had known, like I had, I started 12 years ago, right? So I'm an old dog in this trade and I never separated out tax money because I was always like of the mindset, taking 33% out for taxes was like, as you know, raising three kids and do, I was like, there's no goddamn way that's going to work. Even making six figures is like, you know, it doesn't work that way. But then, Clarissa, what did you tell me? Uh, so my email actually said to lower that percent. I think I said 15%. So 10 to 15% is all you have to save. Like if you can't save the whole 20 to 30%, lower it. So you're still putting money aside so that when April 15th comes, you still have some money so that you don't have to hustle for say a $50,000 tax bill. That was mind blowing, literally mind blowing. That was the most profound email marketing email that I have ever received. <laughs> and that wasn't like, even. Oh shit! That's how you do. That's literally just my. That was just my Friday newsletter that I send every Friday with um, money That's mistake, it. a money business tip, and experience versus expectation. So something where I've experienced it and what you expect. Is it, is it nerdy, is it nerdy numbers? No. Nerdy number lovers. Nerdy number lovers. No, but the, what's the, the word, name I of the email? The number, I use the word number, number. to get six different um, sections. Yep, yep, it's, and it's broken down and it's super, super valuable, obviously. Um, so if you're not on Clarissa's email list, you literally should be like, run, don't walk, nerdynumberlovers.com. So um, we'll put that on there on the <clears throat> on the screen. But uh, one of the other one other thing that I learned from you, which was uh, very profound. Wait, it left my brain. <laughs> Hold on. 
you it will come back to me but you've got you also have your your cfo kit out you have what else do you have out i have um expense deduction guide so what yeah. you can, what you can expense as an actual expense deduction there's mm -hmm. also a section in that guide that, that describes things that you cannot um deduct as an expense in your business there's not many but it's like your makeup your clothing and getting your hair done those things are not business expenses i don't care that donald trump does that it is not a business expense. <laughs> That's there is fun. a reason I'm... he gets audited every year ah don't learn from the worst <laughs> um sorry about the the falling beads in the background i hope that wasn't uh but uh so, okay uh the, from the uh from the perspective of expenses and all that i know you know when you're starting out it's hard to really kind of figure out what's what like it's not really i mean if you think about it you, we have online businesses there's not really a whole lot you can do about that but but um but people i do know people do deduct that kind of stuff it's like oh it's marketing it's part of my marketing no it's not part of your marketing you don't get to do that broski um but one of the oh i know what i was going to ask you um we had a brief conversation one time about profit first um I want you to expand on Profit First, your thoughts about Profit First a little bit here, because I know that I love that concept, but it was so hard to try and implement. Go ahead and, and talk to, to, uh, to the listeners about that. So I actually don't like Profit First, because um, like you said, it's just so confusing. There's So you have five buckets for how you're spending your money. And you have to make sure that there's enough money in each bucket to cover everything. Whereas the way that I say to put 10 to 15% away for taxes and then just leave everything else in your business account and whatever you pay yourself. That's all I say for separating it because it just makes it easier in my mind. And, and doing all of that other. I get the logistics behind it. Like, I, I'm sorry. I just kicked my bunny. Um, I I, uh, I get the logistics behind it. I understand that you know the the idea is to to make sure you're also saving for an emergency and doing all of that, which is you know great. But um, but but the whole process of having to is it five accounts? I can't even remember now how many accounts it is. Yeah, and and just to go through all of that and then have to set up rules and like. I can't take all of that. Like my brain just went, I like, I know I need to do this. This makes sense, but this is too much. Um, so with this, uh, with your, your point about paying yourself, what do you recommend that businesses, how are they calculating what they pay themselves? How should so they honestly, calculate? It depends on how much you make and how much your business spends as well. So how much is left in the, because so, some people do it for how much is left in the business account after they pay their expenses. Mm -hmm. Whereas since you're the business owner, your pay should come before your business expenses. So say you want to buy a course, you want to hire a coach and all of that stuff. Have you paid yourself first is the first question you should be asking. Not can I do this and pay myself? Because you're a business owner, so you also have your own personal bills. You have to pay your rent or your mortgage, your electricity, your internet, because those aren't business expenses. Those are your personal expenses. 
So if you can't pay those, then how can you continue to invest in all of this other stuff? So there's not a general rule that we could apply that would say if you're doing, you know, say 15 to 20 percent for your taxes, the other percentage just like, okay, so that that brings up a good point. So you, what you're actually advocating is is what Profit First advocates, just in a very simple fashion. Don't make it overly complicated. Pay yourself first, then whatever's left, if you need to invest, if you want to invest in, in a coach or in a service, what's left? Can you do that? And of course, if you paid yourself first and you have that money there, you don't have to pay for it from the business. You can pay for it from your personal. So that money is still there. It's just in a different allotment. Hang on one second. I got a cough. Sorry. Did the mute button work? No. Oh my God. I didn't hear you. Oh, okay. So the mute button did work. Okay. Okay. I had a different mute button. I just didn't see it mute on here. Uh, Yeah, no, I hit it on the, on the mic. Okay. So from the end, how, if you could, if you could nail down how much more successful monitoring books would be from the beginning than not monitoring the books, what sort of difference would a new business owner or even somebody who just hasn't prioritized, what kind of difference would they see in terms of levels of success? Mm -hmm. So the biggest difference, because I actually have two clients, one I just started with, and they're a brand new company. They haven't brought any money in, but they have spent a lot and they plan to, and this is a physical product business, and they plan to open their doors next month in November, mm-hmm. based on the time of this recording. So uh, <laughs> um, they have spent a lot, but they've asked me because they want to say, they want to see where they're spending their money. They want to see what their financial statements look like before the end of the year. So even when they do start opening their doors and start bringing money in, they still know where they've spent their money. So that's the biggest thing, like just knowing where you spent that money and not just looking at your bank balance saying, hmm, okay, so I paid that and that and that and that. Okay, because uh, the biggest thing is you have all these small subscriptions. So maybe you joined a membership that costs $7. You joined another membership that's $19 a month. And these things are just going out and you, you're probably not even using the memberships. But, and yep. so you don't even notice that the money's going out because they're small numbers. When you do your bookkeeping, you're like, what is that? So you look into it more and you can cancel it. There you go. And and um, those things really, really add up. And, and I get notifications from Rocket, like your subscriptions are blah, blah, blah. I was like, God damn, <laughs> let's go in there and take some of that out. But um, so uh, that said, you bring up a, a, another good point. Like this is a freaking rabbit hole. Your whole fucking career is a rabbit hole for me. So um, <clears throat> in the in this way, what tools do you recommend for all businesses regardless of level and then are there levels to some of the tools that you suggest so if you do not have a lot of transactions in your business and you're not making a lot of money i would actually recommend that you use a bookkeeping spreadsheet which i have created one i have a bookkeeping toolkit which is very low cost and it's a one-time cost for 37 dollars. oh that's a no-brainer Yeah, and I walk you through how to do your bookkeeping with this spreadsheet. But once you have more than 100 transactions a month, you should be using 
bookkeeping software, whether it's QuickBooks or Xero, Xero is a lot less cost than QuickBooks and they do the same thing. And if you're not an accountant, there is a major learning curve for using either of the softwares. Bah. <laughs> That's what I hate. The software was made for accountants. It wasn't made for a small business owner. Even though the QuickBooks ads say they're made for business owners, no, it's not. <laughs> it's literally not. I um I was using GoDaddy forever. Outright um was absolutely the best. And I was so heartbroken. Like I was literally in tears when they shut down because it's like everything is there. All the all the the breakdown, like you could see what's what. But then when they closed and I moved over to QuickBooks, I lost it. I was like, there is no way. Like I have to go in and 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 like categorize all these. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.